Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Have you ever felt like you've tried everything to heal from the pain of sexual abuse and yet nothing seems to really be helping? Well, one of the reasons why most people struggle to break free from the pain of past child abuse is because the techniques out there are positioned as a one-size-fits-all answer. What I want you to know is that there are actually three distinct phases on the path to recovery. And I'd love to share with you about these phases what issues you must resolve to move to the next phase, and what kinds of support you'll need in order to move forward as quickly and completely as possible. The road to recovery is much easier when you know what stage you're in and what to do next. So don't hesitate. Go to www.rachelgrantcoaching.com checklist and get your nine-page guide today. Now, on to our show.
Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. I'm Rachel Grant, and for those of you who don't yet know me, I've been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007, and am the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage of recovery from sexual abuse. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now, my guest today is Chris Times. With a Bachelor of Science degree in Christian Leadership and Biblical Studies and a Master of Arts in Counseling, Chris specializes in anxiety, trauma, sexual, physical, and emotional abuse, addictive process such as gambling and shopping and substance abuse, and workplace violence. Since 1990, he's been assisting his clients in creating opportunities where each of them discover ways to become who they are meant to be through finding ways to become unstuck, leaving painful patterns of being and discovering new ways of relating to the self and to the world in which they live, breathe, and have their being, oftentimes using movement and self-mobility. Now, one of the reasons why I'm particularly thrilled to have Chris here today is because he and I have been in contact for many years now, but this is our first time actually getting to connect live and in person. We've always been on, you know, the Facebook. <laughs> and Chris also serves as a comment moderator for our closed Healing from Sexual Abuse Facebook group. So he volunteers his time and gives of himself so graciously to that community. And I'm so very thankful for that. And I'm very excited to have Chris here to share his story and his wisdom when it comes to healing from trauma. So Chris, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me, Rachel. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm so glad that we have this time to connect. And I'd like to start us off with just giving you some space to share mm -hmm. a bit of your story with our listeners. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, um, I basically um, had some trauma. Uh, when I was three, three and a half years old, uh, I was a sickly kid. Uh, you know, my mom always told me stuff like, oh, you're just sickly and that's just how you were. But some things, even when I was little, didn't make sense uh, as to how, you know, I was relating to myself. And even as a very young child, I knew that something wasn't quite right. Something was off. But of course, I was told that you know, I was crazy and I was self-conscious and, oh, you're just a sensitive person or you're too sensitive or why are you crying all the time? I was discounted in every possible way uh, relating to my personal experiences, the way I felt, uh, the way I perceived the world around me uh, from things that I was seeing, hearing and understanding as being true. Those things were totally discounted. And so I literally kind of like forgot who I was. Uh, and so, but I, I start having flashbacks about around 41 years old. Mm -hmm. And those things were so real. It was incredible. I always heard about them, but I never really experienced them. And this was right before I decided to go to grad school for my master's degree. And what happened was really incredible. 
I start seeing actual events take place that I, that had to have been deep in my subconscious uh, while I was like watching TV on a Saturday. It was a sunny day. I had no reason to be thinking about anything traumatic. I was watching, I think, a football game or something at the mm. time, sitting on my sofa, and the next thing I knew, a vision flashed in front of my face that was so real that it caused me to have an anxiety attack. And, and that was incredible. And that opened up a lot of other doors that continued to open. Uh, so I found out through those experiences that uh, my mom may have uh, molested me when I was three years old. I know one of her girlfriends did because she confronted me at a funeral around that time, told me things that validated a lot of things that I had been feeling and perceiving my entire life. And so it just really kind of started, things started to connect in, in a way that was, for me, I guess, reconnecting with my body in, in a way that I hadn't before. So that's kind of what I noticed. Um, and uh, I just remember some weird things too, like the number three stood out for me, but I didn't connect at the time that three is when I was molested, you know, um, yeah. by these women, you know. And there are other things. I, one particular flashback I had was literally me standing in our old house um, when I was very young, um, staring at the sofa with, uh, I think, my mom or somebody on the sofa uh, telling me to come here. And um, then there was no one else in the home. But that makes sense because I was often kept back. I have five brothers, so I was kept back on a lot of occasions, and I was told, you're sick, you have to stay home. Right. But I did, but I did not feel sick. I and see. so that created some problems. So that, that's kind of my history a little bit of yeah. um, the things that had happened with me. Thank you, Chris, for sharing a little bit of your story with us. And, you know, what really stands out to me is this moment in your 40s where the flashbacks begin. And I know so many survivors and certainly so many of my clients have that experience where, like, out of the blue, it's like just a normal day, you're going along, mm -hmm. and then, boom, there are those thoughts, there are those feelings, there are those memories. And making sense of that and sorting all of that out what do you recall as being kind of most helpful for you when that started, when you started to have these memories and all these feelings were arising? Was there anything that you recall at that time that was particularly soothing or helpful um, in that moment? For me, um, I, uh, I felt like I was falling down a well of sorts and I was just grasping for any type of support. Yeah. Um, but Something, um, there's literally one thing that really kind of caused me to be stable, and that was my faith in, in God and, and the fact that I knew that something greater had to come out of all of this trauma, all of this mess yeah. that I, I was told wasn't, the, my mom literally told me when I was, you know, like 17, 18, oh, you're crazy. You know, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, this is even more traumatic because I'm trying to, quote unquote, deny my own experiences. Right. And, and so it's just one of those things that my faith has been constant for me my entire life. My parents weren't really constant because I wasn't supported and 
it seemed like a lot of other people in my uh, family circle uh-huh. knew what was going on, you know, Rachel, and they never said anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and these were educators. These are, you know, these are people who knew about human growth and development and things like that. And they turned a blind eye to all of the things that were going on. And some of them knew more than others. And it's like really mm-hmm. traumatic thinking about how many times I was neglected in that regard also. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a painful experience to, you know, first of all, be trying to. I think, you know, what I hear from a lot of my clients who go through this is finding the truth in their experience. I mean, even Mm -hmm. those of us who have very clear, explicit memories Mm -hmm. um, for the entire time, like from the get-go, can find ourselves trying to deny the experience and maybe that didn't really happen. And then when you have this moment of recall of memory and you have lots of people around you Mm -hmm. denying the experience, telling you all sorts of things about yourself, it kind of creates this additional hurdle for you to overcome in the healing process. But yeah. heal you did. And not only that, have gone on to use everything that you've experienced um, to be able to, to support others. So I want to get a little bit into some of the, for you, like some of the pillars that have been so critical. And you've already started by talking about how God was really an important piece for you. So there um to your mind what role does spirituality play in healing for me um you know growing up i just kind of had an idea of going to church and doing bible study and the normal types of things that you would do if you go to church or synagogue or mosque and so that was my connection but as i grew and as i became aware of who i am and and in relation to the planet, in relation to the universe, in relation to God, I start to see something that was common. And the common element there was connection mm. between something greater than me, uh, something more divine, something supreme, someone who actually cared about me, loved me unconditionally, opposed to conditional love or no love at all, uh, someone who had a really positive energy source for me, that's God, and, and how I could actually draw um, without any type of compromise or, or, or issue of apology, pulling down unconditional love uh, within that framework really helped me grow and blossom. Yeah. I love that, you know, tapping into something that gives us a a stronger sense of who we are. Mm -hmm. And for many, many people, that is spirituality. That is God. It's like there's something outside of ourselves that we can tap into that says, hey, this is, let me tell you the truth about who you are. You know, this abuse has taught you all sorts of lies about who you are. And um, and there is another truth. And some people, excuse me, access that, you know, through God. Excuse me, guys. And some people, you know, find other resources. But I love that you were able to use that as an anchor to help you find that sense of self that then propelled you forward, you know, in your life. Yeah. And my guess is, Chris, because you do have such um, an anchor and such a strong connection in Christian leadership studies and, and these sorts of things that people come to you 
maybe sometimes with confusion about that, I'm wondering. And and for many people, their relationship to God or to spirituality has been harmed by abuse, right? There's the why would God let this happen question um, and these sorts of things. Did you ever struggle with that question? And if so, how did you resolve it? I did struggle. Um, I got mad at God. Oh my gosh. I, I, I threw uh, temper tantrums. I yelled at God. And I remember one particular day, oh my gosh, it was at night around nine o'clock or so. I was in the middle of my funk and I was yelling at God and just kind of in my uh, apartment. And I took a drive and I went down and went to Big Lots for whatever reason. And <laughs> Right on. <laughs> and I, I was in the, and I was the whole time. You know how you do that mind think talk, talk self talk thing. And I was yeah. doing all of that, and I was going down the aisles, pissed off at God, just to give him a piece of my mind type of thing. Why are you let this happen to me? And you messed up my life and all that. And so when I got, and I said I want answers, and I was like being, you know, pretty demanding in my head. Yeah. And as soon as I walked up to the checkout, this lady, it's a black lady with two grandkids sitting in front of me, I was standing in front of me checking out. And you know, the weirdest thing happened is she checked out and she left and then she came back. And then she met me as I checked out and then she says, God told me to tell you something. And she started asking, answering the same question that I was posing to God. And that, that right there stopped me dead in my track. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, okay. There's no coincidence with this. Right. Yeah, I was asking questions and this lady thought what she was doing and she actually answered these questions. There's no way she could have known what was going on in my head. Wow. And so that caused me to go on a deliberate journey mm. to seek more about because, I, you know, my initial thought growing up was the regular, you know, Sunday school Bible study type of thing about God. They yeah. hear this particular moment in time caused me to look deeper. There's way more about God than what I was taught or had been exposed to. There's a personal being there and a personal element there that he reached out literally to me and answered the very, asked the very, answered the very questions I was asking mm -hmm. in, in haste and in anger. And right. so I, I started to search then outside of the norm to see what is this and so i i really believe that um that opened another door for me uh, yeah. to just kind of step beyond quote-unquote religion and move towards a spirituality piece mm -hmm. so that's what i share with my clients um when i you know, see them in group uh and this is my famous line um from virginia to texas my famous line and this is my rule. I, I said, I can't talk. And I'll tell them, I can't talk. I don't talk about God or spirituality or whomever you, but I said, but if you bring it up, then now I have license to talk, talk about it. <laughs> the door open. I'm coming in. <laughs> you got her coming in. <laughs> yeah. And, invariably, they, they, they all agree. Yeah. Okay. You know, and that's right. how it goes. And uh, right. so it's, that's kind of uh, a pillar for me that I, I've noticed that a lot of people can relate to yeah. in one way or another. 
So Chris, what do you say when somebody's hurting and they're in that place of pain and they're they're hurting in relationship to God or spirituality or universe or anything you want to call it and they're like, "Why did he she it, you know, let this happen to me?" Mm-hmm. How do you counsel someone in that moment? What do you usually say? Um, I kind of go back to how I was feeling when I was and asked asking those same questions. And I pretty much hold the space for them. I don't lecture. I never lecture. Um, I don't push off what I believe or my experiences about God on anybody ever. I hold the space and I allow that individual to process if they want to and to connect in any way that's good for them or relevant for them. And if, if, and, and if that turns out to be a conversation about God, fine. If it doesn't, fine. Um, if it turns out that they're just connecting with the universal energy or whatever they want to call fine, I can talk about it. I can draw from my education uh, in biblical studies and, and just pull from there and talk about that and, and just kind of express uh, some type of kinship. I can meet people where they are. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of my whole thing about it. And if you, you know, if you want to, you know, some of my best friends, you know, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I've had friends who would say, Chris, I don't, you know, believe in God. This is in Virginia. I don't believe in God. But, and these are, you know, people who hadn't really kind of reconciled their trauma, their, mm-hmm. their trauma past. And, and, but then they say, well, but could you pray for me? And I right. would say, sure. You know, I mean, that, it's about holding the space for me. For me, it's about holding the space and allowing somebody or somebody's to to pull out whatever it is they need to pull out. I love that, Chris. Yeah, you know, sometimes when we're in the space of coach or supporter, you know, we want to try to fill in those blanks. And there are some big questions that we don't always have the answers to. Mm-hmm. And so just giving love and support to someone who's in that struggle and letting them find their way through that fog and come to that place of resolution in a way that makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that really, I think, brings us to the the second piece that we wanted to touch on today, which, you know, we've been talking a little bit about how having a connection to a universal power, a power that's greater than us, can soothe us and comfort us in in many times of need. But we also need connection, you know, here on the, you know, (laughs) on the material realm, if you will. And I know that you have a lot to say about how connection can can help a person adjust to trauma. So can you say Mm -hmm. a little bit more about that and and why that's so important for us to be be connected? Oh, yeah. Um, When I do groups um, and I do groups in a hospital setting and also in a clinic clinic setting, that tends to come up uh, when I was doing my graduate work, that particular came up. There was one thing that came up, uh, it was connection or the lack thereof. There's a disruption that happens with every human being when they experience trauma, either sexual, physical, um, or, 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 um, or the like. That, th- those traumas cause a disruption to take place I believe with your energy flow within, within, within you. Mm-hmm. And what happens generally is, is that you lose something. So we're talking about loss. And when you lose this energetic connection with, 
the sky and basically with other people, then now you're isolated. And a lot of symptoms, uh, like say with depression, kind of mimic that, you know, yeah. where people push away when they isolate. Um, uh, schizophrenia the same way. Other uh, disorders the same way. And it's like this lack of connection um, is really evidence of a disruptive energy pattern within an individual uh, where they are not now able to connect with other human beings around them. Uh, I've seen people, uh, I've got a couple of clients right now that uh, prefer to be around animals because they don't trust people because of that right. trauma, right? Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's, this, it's, it's this reconnecting piece that yeah. is so powerful. It's this reconnect, and actually it's very, it's a deep feeling about that. Mm. I've noticed within myself and with my clients when it comes to shall I, shall I reach out? Yeah. Shall I reach out and, and, and try this again, basically? Because the trauma disconnected them in the first place. Right. Whether you, you, know, you want to identify with the trauma or not, the fact that it happened created this chasm, if you will, to where now you, you have by, you know, you've been forced to or made a decision to because you need to save yourself. And I call, I call it Rachel survival. Yeah. So you go sure. into survival mode. And so you disconnect, you mm -hmm. disconnect, uh, you pull in. And so that creates, even more trauma because I believe that we're all created to connect with each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and as, as people who are loving and encouraging and nurturing beings, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I even talk about animals and plants. Did you know that plants connect with each other? Trees, when they, yeah. when they, when they, they communicate through their root system, they actually can talk to each other. Sounds strange, but they do. It's so and true. It's, yeah. Yes. <laughs> my it's honey is a gardener. He's always talking about this stuff. <laughs> oh my God! And you yeah. know the, the idea about talking to your plants. I got into this conversation oh, yes. with somebody else the other oh, day. Yes. I think at the hospital. Yeah. So all of that stuff works, and I'm like, okay, I've noticed that in nature, and I'm like, this is a problem for us, mm -hmm. especially yeah. those of us who were, have been wounded and go through life in that wounded state. Also, and I didn't mention it to you before, but I also talk about how this lack of break and connection creates an emotional response also right. um, in the psyche. So when you have uh, this disconnection or this disconnectedness, a lot of times your emotional state increases exponentially. And when that happens, there's yet now another disruption. Uh, and so in the body. And so uh, my whole work is to pull these disruptions back and allow people to venture out and exp express themselves in safe ways and, and try to reconnect with people, safe people, though, mm -hmm. people who yeah, are safe, people who are. And I don't, you know, I, I, I talk about the, the gut and how you are able to gauge now, Rachel, how how you are to reach out to other people who are safe. And, right. you know, the gut's 99.9% .9 right. 
when it comes to judging mm. who's okay and who's not. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. yeah, so that's yeah. what I do. So there's, I feel like we need a whole nother podcast for this topic because <laughs> <laughs> there's so much richness in everything that you're sharing and saying there, Chris. Mm. First of all, all of those things that cause us to disconnect, just the trauma in and of itself creates a mm-hmm. an interior disconnection, a disconnection with self. Mm-hmm. And then when we go out into the world, we find it hard to connect with others around us, mm-hmm. you know, having a hard time trusting all of that shame stuff gets in the way of us being mm-hmm. able to connect. And then this becomes a rinse and repeat pattern, right? So we connect with people who might not be that great with us. Our ability to listen to and understand our instincts is a little bit broken and mm-hmm. we need to repair that. But until then, you know, yeah, we find ourselves in harmful relationships or getting mm-hmm. hurt. And then that further repeats this pattern of why connect, why reach out, why be with anyone. Mm-hmm. And connection, I am so in agreement with you, is at the root of our healing in so many ways. And so finding those little ways that we can step out and take it on and try it out and build some connections. Um, I think is so foundational towards being able to heal. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally, 100%. And the idea that, you know, some people might try to reach out, but then they're the wrong people, I call it. Mm-hmm. Because now you've inter- introduced something that's historical when it comes to how did I relate to other people who, who now have hurt me in, right. in various types of traumatic ways. So you kind of almost, if you're not careful um, and following your gut and doing it in a way that's purposeful and meaningful uh, and, 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 and kind of cautious because you just don't want to reach out to just anybody, mm-hmm. follow your gut and say, okay, is this person safe for me to reach out? What does my gut tell me? You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that to me means a lot. It takes practice. Um, sure. I, I talk, practice, practice, practice. But once you get a good idea, mm. uh, a good feeling, and this has a lot to do with how I connect uh, uh, from the neck down, right? Mm. And right. how do I right. engage myself? You know, how do I engage myself? Because that's lost with initial traumas and subsequent traumas also. How do I engage myself? How do I trust myself? How do I start, oh, use the big L word, love myself enough to afford this opportunity to reach out to trust, not the same old people, but the right people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that you're making that distinction because one of the things that I see that I've experienced myself and I see in so many of my clients is that when we're in our head, our thought patterns have been so um, skewed as a result of trauma, you know, and mm-hmm. our capacity to see everything through a negative lens, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. see danger around every corner. I sometimes describe it like we see butterflies and we run away, <laughs> like right. in terror. <laughs> yeah. And like we welcome the tigers on over. Yeah. It's like our risk meters are just, you know, back asswards. And so yeah. when we can start to notice when it's the negative thought and 
distinguish that from this is my gut telling me this is a bad situation, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, we have to be able to parse that out. And exactly mm -hmm. as you said, it, it takes some practice. Um, is there any one little like tip that you can give? So anyone listening um, to this podcast, if they're like, okay, I hear the theory, I get the idea of it. What's something that I can actually start to do in my day-to-day -day walk that would help me um, with this? Is there any little um, tip that you can share with us before we wrap up? Yes, and this is going to sound really strange. There's a couple of things. Well, one, take time to sit in the middle of a room in your space that you feel calm in and comfortable in and uh, either turn out all the lights or just close your eyes uh, and, and, and practice identifying what's in the room without actually using your eyes. Mm. Yeah, trying to do that. Um, that will take practice. But once you start tuning, now I call this tuning in. Yeah. Okay. So tune into the body, right? Tune in in a specific way using your gut to explore your immediate surroundings. Mm -hmm. So you want to feel without using your fingertips, but using your gut. And actually, um, this is a wonderful doctor, uh, Dr. Uh, Bessel van der Kolk. Yes. wrote a wonderful book about doing all of these things. Um, and, and, and the body uh, keeps the score, I think the yeah, title it. is. And so he talks about this, but I also learned in uh, school about felt sensing as a part, some of Carl Rogers' uh, uh, work. But anyway, feeling the room with your, with your gut sense to see mm -hmm. what does it feel like. And, and so by practicing that, you can literally tune your body. Uh, to to hone in on those particular senses that you have basically divorced yourself from uh, when you were little, yeah, um, and causing you to tune in and to recognize what's going on in your space. And you can practice wow. that. Powerful. Uh, yeah, practice that. And what you so this is more specific. Um, tune into what? Tune into the positive energy that surround you in the room right and identify those um and that'll take time so once you hone that skill like any other skill you'll become very good at it mm -hmm. and then that will launch you into so many other areas uh of spirituality that it will probably surprise you I love that, Chris. Thank you for sharing that um, that wonderful exercise and tool that you all can go out and start using right now to begin creating more, you know, more of a, a connection with self. I think allows us to identify connection with others, maybe be open to that possibility more, whether that be higher power, God, universe, or other people. We need. Mm -hmm connections in order to keep striving forward and keep healing for sure yeah chris it's been such a joy to talk with you today and i know i've just like hit the tip of the iceberg of your wisdom and your <laughs> knowledge on this so i you know look forward to having you back again um but for everybody who's listening you can um connect with chris after um listening to the podcast today by going to chris times coach 
www.wordpress.com. You can also email him at christimesma at gmail.com, and I'll be sure to put those in the show notes so you can access them easily. And definitely, he does lots of in-person workshops. He's going to be having um, some virtual workshop offerings down the road in the future, so you don't want to miss on that. out on that. You can continue to connect with him and learn um, from this great guy. So, Chris, thank you again so much for being my guest today. Thank you. My pleasure. Awesome. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in and joining us. Don't forget to visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and check out the other resources that are there available on the site. And please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a note if you enjoy an episode. And come back next time because we have so much more to share. Take good care of you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.